The Davis County Public School System is planning to have its own police force in place by this fall. We're going to discuss why the school system has decided to move away from local law enforcement agencies providing the service and how school officials say it will benefit students in the long run. Stay with us. This is Inquire. our board to do on Thursday night is to create Davis County Public Schools Police Department where we would have what's called special law enforcement officers assigned to our schools. We would have a total of five. We would have one stationed at Apollo High School who would cover Apollo High School and Heritage Park High School. We would also have one at Davis County High School that would cover Davis County High School and, and the central office in which we're at now. Then we would have one assigned to each of our middle schools, and we'd also ask that officer to go out into our elementary schools and to work with those children and be visible, but also to do programming for our elementary students to help build that relationship and mentor our children. For the Mr. Inquirer, I'm Don Wilkins, and with me are education reporter Bobby Hayes and cops reporter Jim Mays. Uh, rarely do I have, you know, an education reporter in here with me, and then the, and then the cops reporter in here with me at the same time. But this week, kind of necessary. Um, we just had the recent announcement by the Davis County Public School System that it was going to start creating its own police department, its own police force, uh, which is sort of ironic when we, you know, we have small cities around here. Uh, that don't even have a police department. And then we're talking now about a, a school system that's going to create its own police department, which, um, you know, in this day and time, guys, I mean, it's not surprising, you know, and in, in, in having officers within the schools nowadays is nothing new. Um, but it is interesting that, the, that, that a school system is going to essentially take on this responsibility when it has been, um, more of, you know, the local police departments, you know, the sheriff or the OPD, uh, kind of handling that part of it. So, Bobby, when did you learn that the Davis County uh, school system was going to do this? How did you find out, uh, and and then how did they present this information, and, and and when did they do it? And so, just kind of give it, you know, give background into just how this came about. Well, last week they had a a big press conference in which they invited literally um, every a representative from most law enforcements in this region, from KSP to OPD to I want to say even maybe probation and parole were there. There were a lot of folks there in on this, and they had a big um, a big presentation at central office, and in, in which they announced um, a change from their. Um, traditional, I guess, school resource officer model, which is what they have right now and they've had for many, many years, to a uh, special law enforcement officer model. And in that uh, in that process, they would increase their officer per district, I guess, uh, from two to five. Obviously, there is a cost to this. Um, what did they talk about as the catalyst to this? Um, largely, um, it was due to them wanting to expand their uh, 
I guess their officer, they wanted to expand their SRO model from what I've been told, but that was going to be expensive and difficult and a burden on both the uh, sheriff's office and also the district. So this seemed to be the cheapest um, and best way for them to expand officers in uh, the district. And it was, uh, I, guess, I think it is, I think it was $90, $90,000 is what they were spending um, through the sheriff's office for two officers. And through this model, they're able to provide five officers um, for, I think it was 185000 um, a year. And there are going to be some essential startup costs. I mean, we're talking about they're even going to have their own vehicles, right? Yes, and um, Damon Fleming, uh, the uh, with the Davis County Public Schools, he was he wasn't sure how much that cost would be, but he did say yes, there will be a significant cost up front, but that the hundred and eighty five thousand um, would be uh, the yearly cost after the first year. Because yeah, they're going to have to buy own gear. They'll have um, they'll have you know police cars. I don't know what all else, and Jim may be able to speak a little more about the specifics of their actual um, gear or uniforms or whatever else, but or trainings uh, that would go into that as well. So, Jim, um, there have been uh, a couple of bills passed, um, you know, one last year and then one this year um, regarding schools and policing. Um so can you talk about the impact of those bills on, on Kentucky school systems? Well, the main bill is, of course, is Senate Bill 1, which, which was passed last year. Senate Bill 1 was in response to the shooting at Marshall County High School in 2018. Um, it, was a, it was an omnibus bill. It re- had a lot of requirements, and it had you know, requirements regarding you know, just locking down your facility, things of that nature. The school resource officer provision of Senate Bill 1 was more along the lines of, I don't want to say it was a recommendation, it was more along the lines of, you should have one school resource officer per school um, as funding becomes available. That wasn't, it it was less than a mandate and more than a suggestion. I'm not really sure how much I can, I'm I'm not really sure where the line is between those two. These bills started getting schools to, like the Davis County school system, started maybe moving in this direction of figuring out, okay, if, if this is the way uh, our legislators are asking us to go, then let's start thinking about ways that we can better our, our law enforcement, our safety ov- uh, overall for our students. I mean, so these bills essentially it sounds like the school systems that could afford it have started moving this way. Is, is, is that fair to say? I think you're right. One of the things with talking with uh, the sheriff, Keith Kane, about this was they've been in discussions for over a year. So, you know, since the, you know, probably I would guess right about the time Senate Bill 1 passed last year about expanding the SRO program at the schools. And as Bobby said, they looked at it from various ways. And I won't get too deep into the weeds of the finance thing unless you're just dying to hear it. But there was, you know, economically it wasn't going to be feasible. You know, a, a school resource officer is a sheriff's deputy, which means they, they get paid on a higher higher level as far as their pension. You know, they're on a different they're on the sheriff's department's insurance policy. Um, those things wouldn't I mean those things wouldn't apply with the the SLEO model. 
so whenever you talk about the difference here, uh, you know, between the school system, what they're talking about here creating versus like the city or county police departments. So what are the, some of the differences we're, we're talking about in these models? I mean, I, I guess that could go, that question can go to Bobby or, or, or Jim. Um, but what's the difference? What are we talking about here? I guess the main difference is really just in the, in the command structure, if you will. You know, a school resource officer is, you know, at the end of the day is a sheriff's deputy who's going to be answerable or who answers to the sheriff. This won't be that case at all. I mean, I talked with Damon Fleming last week, and I said, well, does this make you essentially the sheriff of the Davis County Police Department? And he's like, well, no, no, the superintendent is in charge of the program, but as the school safety coordinator, he would sort of be the handling the day-to-day, you know, the one in daily contact with the, with the officers. So no one is answering. None of these people will answer to the sheriff's office anymore. They'll be their own their own entity, answer, answerable only to Davis County Public Schools. So, Bobby, you, you talked about the cost was probably the main catalyst here. But was there any discussion about, okay, not only will, will this be more cost-effective for us, but we'll also have more control over essentially the law enforcement that goes on here because – there's, I, w- I would think on a day-to-day basis that there's that idea of, okay, since these guys are, are employed by the sheriff's department, but they're in the school system, you know, who, and if the school system, if a principal said, hey, you know, I would like for him to do this, but I, but I can't because I'm not the sheriff, I'm not his boss. Um, so was there a control aspect to this? I guess that's the question. Yes, I did ask them that. They didn't talk in detail about that, but they did confirm that, yes, a, a, a big benefit of this would be that they have more control over the officers. And mainly just, I, I would say, um, that would benefit them in dealing with programming and other things that they would like to see the officers engage with the students with. Now, they, now there's also this idea of, you know, these guys being proactive versus reactive. I mean, I don't think that they're... And part of their job, yes, yeah, being there in case something did go wrong or sideways, you you have uh, someone come in who, you know, whether it's a legitimate gunman or somebody just um, committing some sort of a violence there. Maybe it's just a fight among students, but they're not just there to for those situations. I mean, to me, uh, another point of them being there is being proactive, meaning they're interacting with students. They're trying to maybe hear about something that could go could go wrong or could happen or maybe a student that kids are talking about that has a potential to do violence is that is that more the responsibility to be, to be proactive rather than reactive uh jim might be able to talk a little more detail about some of the trainings that they would be doing but damon damon fleming did talk about how they would be focusing a lot on de-escalation and they would go through like um, a bias training and all these things. But yeah, and, and a lot of it also is that um, these students, ideally from kindergarten uh, through middle school, how the structures, how the structure is lined up, a student could potentially know a their officer from kindergarten to middle school. And the idea is just to get them more comfortable and um, more at ease seeing officers around and uh, more comfortable with coming to them with problems. Like you were saying, if there's an issue with... Uh, themselves or with their um, peers or or with an adult or anything like that they would 
hopefully, ideally, be more comfortable coming to them and, and talking with them a little bit because the the rapport is there, the relationship is there. And um, I think the idea also is let's let's stop the issue before it becomes major and, and explosive, uh, so to speak, which is why a lot of this... Um, this safety first initiative also deals with uh, a lot of mental health aspects, um, which the district has slowly been unrolling over the past year or so, even before uh, last year's Senate Bill 1. Um, they've been focused a lot on mental health because turns out people are realizing that <laughs> mental health is important, especially with kids these days who are dealing with a lot more than uh, they've been in the past. Yeah, so Jim, you um, are used to gathering public records from the sheriff's department and from from the Wilsboro Police Department and 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 even when they make arrest of a juvenile I mean those arrests those juveniles you know their their names aren't public so what would be the difference here and, and talk about the arrest powers and the transparency with records in regards to what the school system uh, will be setting up in terms of arrest powers the, the school officers will They'll have arrest and investigative powers um, on all DCP, DCPS properties and on school buses, at school events. They'll also be able to go out into the community if they're investigating an incident that happened, you know, on a on a DCPS property or facility. So they could go out, but you know, if there was, I'm just throwing out a hypothetical. If they were, you know, investigating a, a drug dealing case that involved a student, they could go to that student's home. They could, you know, they could interview the student. They could make an arrest if they wanted to, is my understanding. So, I mean, they, they, they won't be out making traffic stops on U.S. 60. You know, they don't have any, any broader powers outside of the school system because I was curious about that. So they have to be confined to school facilities or at least school-related incidents. As far as transparency, well, they're, the juvenile records, as you stated, are protected. So I talked a little bit with Damon Fleming about that. You know, that he said we're going to handle juvenile records the same way the Owensboro Police Department and Davis County Sheriff's Office do. What that means is, you know, you'll never see a record with a with a juvenile, you know, under age 18 coming out of that of that department, and that's the law. You know, you you know, good luck fighting that one in court. He says, you know, if, it's, if, if the student is 18, you know, student's adult, we'd we treat it the same way the Owensboro Police Department would. My only question there is, you know, and, and maybe this is just for us and we haven't figured this out yet, is, is how are we going to cover the, the Davis County Schools Police Department? I mean, are we going to treat it like the Owensboro Police Department where we go out there every day and sort through the records? I mean, I, that's, a, that's a discussion that we have to have and figure that one out for ourselves. Now, are there, Bobby, have you heard, or maybe even Jim, I mean, any concerns from, from, your, from local law enforcement officers about, or agencies about, the school system taking this on whenever they're, that, that's not what they do. You know, that law enforcement is not what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. So, where you have the Sheriff's Department or OPD, that's what they do. So, are there, are there any concerns that, that, that have been expressed to you guys about that aspect? Um, I haven't heard anything from anybody other than um, I've had folks ask about the cost of things and, and all that. But um, 
Um, from what I understand, if I'm remembering correctly, 16 other school districts across the state have done this, and um, the district as well. I think the sheriff's department uh, did a lot of investigating into those uh, those school, other school district police forces, I guess we would call them, to see how things are handled and how it's done. And um, so far, knock on wood, uh, everything seems to be fine with them, and um, they haven't heard any any uh, ruckus, I guess, about it. And I haven't. Jim might have, but um, I'm not sure. That might be something we just uh, learn as we go along. So this is, you're saying that that this is not a new concept. I mean, there have been um, other school systems who have already implemented this, in other words. Yes, um, even I think Fayette County Schools has. That might be one of the biggest districts that has the, of that list that we were given. Um, but, yeah, and I don't know exactly when those other districts uh, implemented this program or this type of programming, but um, it could it could have all been a result of um, last year's Senate Bill 1, um, but I'm not sure, honestly. The program's been around for a while. I mean, schools have had the option of creating this program prior to Senate Bill 1, but I think it was Senate Bill 1 that really yeah. put the fire under school districts to look yeah. into this. And I would say, sorry, Don, I would say you were mentioning it's largely a cost measure. And yeah, it is. This is um, a, a good money saving venture for them. But also it's that they wanted to expand their school officer program. And this was the cheapest way to do that, I would say. And when we talk about, you know, you know the reaction to it, I'm, I guess it's important to remember that, you know, these aren't these aren't untrained security officers under the model. These are officers who have been, they call it police officer professional standards certified, POP certified. You know, they'll get, they'll get annual training the way any other law enforcement agency will. So they're, you know, in terms of Kentucky standards, they will be law enforcement professionals. They won't be, you know, untrained security guards, for example. And Jim, you, you had a conversation, you know, with the sheriff about this, um, what was his what was his reaction that uh, you know after all these years of providing that that service then all of a sudden it's going to be pulled out from under him well um putting school resource officers in the county schools was was sort of Keith Kane's baby if you will it was he said it was one of the first things he did when he took office when i think he was elected in 98 so would have taken office in 99 so this is one of his first initiatives you know, having said that, he he feels like this is a positive. You know, this gives, it gives the Davis County Schools, you know, hypothetically, you know, you know, they have two school resource officers now. If they hire all five positions, they'll have three more officers than they do now. You know, he also says, well, this this benefits the sheriff's department in the sense that we can put, we'll put a, have an extra officer on patrol than we do right now. And he said, yeah, we would have loved to have done this. We would have loved to have expanded the SRO program. It's just, just the economics of it just weren't, weren't there, and there was no way to do it. Yeah, and I think another uh, point to note is that Davis County Public Schools, fortunately, is able to provide this new program at no extra cost to uh, taxpayers. They have it in their current budget, and they have, um, through grants and other funding options, they were able to do this um, their own, I guess, and they have, um, and not only just as a one-time thing, but th this is like a recurring thing that they're they're going to be able to provide uh, for families. And so, I guess one final question here, and I guess Bobby or 
uh, you can answer as far as when when do they expect to have all the officers in place and the and the program uh, going there within the Davis County school system? From what I understand, they uh, they've already started uh, getting moving forward with this. They I think it was last week uh, the school board approved their application to the it's like the state council Kentucky for, law enforcement council yes their their application to create the actual force so that's already been approved and it's on its way and then uh matt robbins if uh, the superintendent for davis county schools if i'm remembering correctly he said that this will be in place their hope is to have this in place by the start of the new year and that wrap up our show for this week I want to thank Mr. Inquiry reporters Bobby Hayes and Jim Mays for joining me. To send us questions or provide feedback, email us at newscast at messenger-inquire.com. Remember, you can find us on the Mr. Inquire's website, Facebook, and Apple Podcast, where you can subscribe to Inquire. Until next time, I'm Don Wilkinson. Good day for Inquire.